happy Easter. And maybe I really should say happy Resurrection Day. The day, it's not about the Easter bunny, it's about the one that came out of the grave, amen? Now, I like candy with the rest of them, but it's about Jesus coming out of the grave. And so this morning, we are celebrating how God didn't stay dead, but he came back to life, and that changed everything. So if you got a Bible this morning, go to John chapter 12, and I'm going to get my fancy little podium because that makes it more official this morning. title of this message this morning is, Unless a Seed Falls into the Ground. Unless a Seed Falls into the Ground. That's the name of the message today. If you don't know the story of Easter, you will in a moment. God came to earth. God came to earth. Think about that. That's ridiculous. The one who created the universe came to earth as a little baby. The one who should be able to take take over at a word, at a breath, came and humbled himself to the point that he was a little tiny baby, defenseless, to a poor Jewish family. Jews are not exactly known for conquering the earth. To this little humble stable, probably a cave in the middle of nowhere, and there God said, I'm going to dwell. It says in the Bible, it says, I dwell with the, as in a high and lofty place. In other words, he fills all the universe, and I dwell with the humble and contrite in heart. God loves to go to secret, small, little places and show how powerful he is. In fact, he specializes in going to the places that look broken, overlooked. No one else wants to go there. And God's like, I think I pick them. Even a story of a guy named Gideon in the Old Testament. Angel appears to him and says, Gideon, mighty man of valor. And he said, who? I'm the least. I'm the, I'm the worst. I'm, I'm not the best. I'm not the one you pick. And God's like, uh-huh, I pick you. That's how our God rolls. And so he came as a little baby. You all know, you all know Christmas. He came. He lived a perfect life, taught his disciples, and all the way along, he kept saying things like, I'm going to go and I'm going to die, and nobody really believed him. They didn't make any sense because this guy was supposed to be their Messiah, the one who was going to take over, and yet here he says, I am going to actually die, and that's how I'm going to win. What? So there on a hill, Jesus was led to his death. At his trial, he didn't speak a word. Here the king of the universe became the king of a cross. Betrayed by his friends, to, to condemned to death, buried in a borrowed tomb. There's been many revolutionaries that have followed and shared parts of Jesus' story, yet he is different. He rose from the dead. He actually rose from the dead. And if this gospel, if, if Jesus did not raise from the dead, we're gathering for no good reason. We might as well be the, the Kiwanis Club, we might as well, you know, become a great, like, lawn bowling team, go bowling. Because the point of this gathering, folks, is not community. 
even though we're going to get community here. The point of this gathering, folks, is not just how we can get some good principles for life. No, the point of this gathering is that God has done something that changed everything. He paid the ransom for our sin, our debt, our failure, all that stuff. He did it. He really did it. I heard a guy say a little while ago, he said, a depressed Christian is like a starving man with a full fridge. A depressed Christian is like a starving man with a full fridge. It's full. The promises of God are right there. Open the door. And so God comes to us this morning. I believe God is speaking to us this morning. That he wants to reveal that there is more glory in him than in glory in our ways. A few days before Jesus went to the cross, the tomb was resurrected. John 12, 23 says this. Jesus said to his disciples, now's the time. Now's the time for the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, to enter into his glory. Now, if you heard that, you're like, sweet, that means he's going to take over. That means he's going to set up shop. He's going to take over. And Jesus is like, that's right, I am going to take over. Just not how you think I'm going to take over. And then he said this, I tell you the truth. Do we have slides up there, you guys, in the back? Um, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Now, yesterday, my wife and I and my parents who are in town, my Wolfgang and Charlotte Schwader, um, we went to the tulip fields. Anybody go to the tulip fields in the last little while? Bought a nice little plant, tulip plant. A tulip plant looks completely different than a tulip bulb. (laughs) Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new life. Unless a person, unless Jesus dies... You see, you take a seed, you plant it in the ground, and you know what happens to it? It dies. What it looks like here gets totally transformed, and it becomes like this. This does not look anything like this. They're completely different. But this seed had to say, I'm not going to live for myself. I'm not going to do it for my plan and my glory. And so Jesus, being the seed, the first seed to change anything came to earth, and he said this, it's time for me to enter into my glory. And so that seed, Jesus, came into the ground, and he died. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those, get this, verse 25, those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it. Interesting. Those who love their life here will lose it. Those who don't love their life here, don't care about it, will keep it for eternity. Anyone, get this, verse 26, anyone who wants to serve me must follow me. Where did Jesus go? The cross. 
because my servants must be where I am, and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. And then he said this. This is a few days before the cross. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? This is going to be really hard. I'm going to go through all sorts of trauma, all sorts of struggles. Should I pray that I get taken from this? And then Jesus said, but this is the reason why I came. This is the reason why I came. Father, bring glory to your name. Only by death do we enter into life. Doesn't that sound like fun? It takes a seed to be put into the ground to die, to see that something would happen. Paul goes on to talk about this in 1 Corinthians 15. I thought this was really interesting. Verse 37 says this, And what you put into the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or or whatever you are planting. Then God gives gives it the new body he wants it to have, like these tulips. A different plant grows from each different kind of seed. Folks, that's you and that's me. Go to the next verse, verse 42, I think it is. It's the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. Here's the point. You're just like a plant. You're just like a seed. And all of us in this room have gone to a funeral, and what do you do with the body? You put it in the ground. Someday, because all of us are eternal, we will be raised again. And this verse really grabs me. In Daniel 2, verse 3, it says this. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will be raised up. Get this. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Uh Uh-oh. We don't all go to the same space. What's the difference? What's the difference? I remember this is a, a bunch of years ago. Man, I, I think this was 1990. Um, my grandmother, we called her Oma Canada. We went and visited her in the, in the old folks' home. She wasn't doing too well. I'll, I'll never forget this moment, but we were, we were sitting in her room, or standing in her room in a half circle, my sister's, myself, and my mom. She couldn't really walk anymore. And um, she was laying there, and we were, would push her around in a wheelchair and and whatever, and she laid there, and, and we were kind of just standing there, and we started praying and talking, and we all just started crying because we knew that her, her day was coming soon. She was going to go, we we're going we were gonna to lose Oma Canada. The presence of God filled that space, you guys, and there was something more that was in that room, and I remember she got up out of that bed, and my German's not that great. She, she spoke German 
my German is like as good as a five-year-old, so I'm, I, you know, you say things like, banana, and can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> and, and she gets up, and she walks over, and she lays hands on us, right? And I remember understanding every word that she said, which that's supernatural in itself. She laid hands on us, and she said, don't cry for me. I'm going to a better place. She laid hands on us, and she prayed for us, and she blessed us. She blessed my mom. She blessed my sister. She blessed me. You guys, there was something in that room that was so much more than a beautiful old woman who loved her family. There was something inside my Oma, my grandmother, something more than just her love for her family and a beautiful thing. There was something alive in her spirit. She prayed for us. She laid back down on that bed. And a few weeks later, she passed away. She was laid to rest in her natural body. And then she was brought, raised up to a spiritual body. This passage in Corinthians, it says basically this. A natural body reflects your mind, will, and emotion. So right now, this natural body, this container that you're living inside reflects your intellect, your emotions, and, and just your, 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 your just demeanor. This is who you are. You're out of your emotional state, that's, that's kind of what it reflects. But your spirit, which we all have a spirit, reflects what's inside your spirit. What is in your spirit? Romans 8, 9 through 11 says this. However, you are not living in the flesh controlled by the sinful nature. But in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God lives in you. And in brackets it says this, directing and guiding you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. He's not a child of God. If Christ lives in you, though your natural body is dead because of sin... Your spirit is alive because of righteousness, which he provides. Not your righteousness, not your ability to look really nice and make sure you don't swear. It's the spirit of God in you. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the de dead lives in you, he, will be he, will, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. In you, God is not looking for you to make yourself perfect. He's looking for people who allow him to direct them and guide them. You can't earn this thing. You have to surrender to this thing. It's not about what you give and how hard you try. It's about following the nudges of the spirit of God in your life. It says this, and this is a really big deal. If you hear anything from this service this morning, hear this. It says in the book of Hebrews this. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Today, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. This Romans passage says this, basically. That the Spirit of God lives in those that they allow him to direct and guide their life. If you don't allow the direction and the leading of the spirit, that seed 
that was Christ that he wants to deposit into your spirit, we're pushing to the, the side of it. We're, we're saying, no, no, I'm going to lead, I'm going to direct. But you see what happens is when you say, okay, God, I give you my life. I, I, I believe that you're God, that you were raised from the dead. That seed is deposited in my life. And now I carry this seed of Christ in me, the spirit of God in me. And what happens is the spirit of God says, I like this place. I want to live here. And he starts making your life more oriented around his will, his ways, his purposes. He takes root in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, your will and emotions. And in that, he does little whispers to you. He's like, hey, walk this way. Hey, turn your attention and your affection this way. And I have a choice in that moment to harden my heart or say, okay, God. <laughs> I think about um, and my dad. I almost should just have him tell the story, but I'm going to do it anyway, and he can tell me if I told it right later. <laughs> but I remember my dad telling me how he accepted Christ. He said, okay, God, I'm going to let you lead and direct. And he accepted that seed of Christ in his heart. And he was working, I think, for a, was it a, a China company? Wasn't there like a, at some point there was a China company. They wanted, okay, thank you. There was a China company that wanted to hire you, and it was a great business. There was also a grocery store that you were working for. There was a bunch of different business opportunities my dad had to move forward in life with the plan. How many of you have a plan for your life? Yeah? We all got lots of plans. He had these plans for his life. But there was that nudging of the Holy Spirit in his life. And you know what the, the nudge of God was? Hey, Wolfgang, sell your car, turn down these opportunities, and go to Bible school. Hey, that doesn't sound like a good plan. How am I going to make a living? How are my dreams going to happen? How is this going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. But the, the seed of God in his heart was saying, let me direct you. Hear this this morning. The nudging of the Spirit of God in your life is a precious thing. Don't disregard his voice. He's not going to force you to walk his way. He'll whisper. He'll speak. But if I harden, get this, get this. If you harden your voice, your heart to the voice of God, his voice gets a little more distant and a little more quiet. It's a little harder to hear him. And then you're left with what? Religious duty, attempts to do good things. You know, I'm a good person because it's not about our effort. It's about allowing him to direct us and guide us and move us in your relationships. In those moments where he says, hey, forgive them. And we're like, I don't want to. He's like, forgive them. In that moment where he says, give them that money, and you're like, I can't afford it. Okay. In those moments where, hey, I don't want you to hang out in this space. I don't want you to walk this way. Or I want you to step into this path. I want you to move in this direction. And we have a choice to either allow the seed of God in our heart to grow and take space and shape. Or I can harden my heart and go, eh, no. But one day... This earthly shell, your earthly shell, will be laid to rest in the ground. And the natural 
will die. You will be buried in weakness and frailty. And how many know we already all feel weak and frail already anyway? If you don't yet, you will at some point. But the point is, you will at some point be buried in the ground. And the glory that you have, that you possess, will fade away. And what will remain is what is the seed that is planted in your spirit. We're all eternal. What will grow on that day? What glory will come out? Will it be to everlasting life? Will it be to everlasting shame? What will come out of you when you are laying to rest? A mentor and a friend of mine, his name is Gerard Detot from South Africa. He was going to Bible school. And he was sitting with a friend one night, and, and they were sitting there, and his friend looked at Gerard and said, Gerard, do you have the witness of the Spirit that you are saved? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm going to Bible school. G Gerard, do you have the witness of God, the Spirit of God in your heart, that deep knowing that you are a child of God? Is that alive in you? Can you say, I know that I know that I know that I know that I know him? I'm in Bible school, come on. But something got rattled in his heart that night. Something didn't sit right, and he said, basically, I don't know. Is the seed of God in your heart? Do you know? The opinions of people will fade one day. All that's going to fade one day. What's going to be left is what is in your spirit, what's alive. I want to say this, his spirit is here right now. You might be like, yeah, I don't feel anything. Yeah, it don't matter. I can tell you though that God wants to speak to you. And he wants to work in your heart and in my heart. And he is saying, oh, Jeremy, stop being so stinking stubborn. Let me guide and direct your life. <laughs> I love what it says. Well, I don't love what I said, but I agree with what it says. Jesus said at the beginning there, he said, those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. And think about it, guys. Anyone that you know that lives a life of service and blessing towards others, aren't they glorious? Isn't the person that lays down their life for another, isn't that glorious? Isn't there something beautiful, something magnetic about a person that's not living for themselves for their advancement, for their security? Isn't there something about that that's attractive to your heart? It's because we were designed that way, not to live for our glory, but to live for His. And as the seed of God grows in our life, we get to experience His glory. Today, if you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Hey, sing this with me if you know it. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. One more time. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. You know what happens when we do that? 
I finally take my eyes off of myself and how I'm feeling and what's so important to me. And I recognize there's someone a lot bigger than me. Can we all stand on up? I'm going to ask, um, I'm going to ask folks here, can we just, we're going to step into a space of just uh, worship and response this morning. And I'm going to ask um, maybe a few of you, can you all come on, some of you just come on down to the front. I'm just going to ask you to step into worship, step into the aisle. Everyone just put your hands out in front of you like this. Let's just sing it again. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Oh, worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Sing it out again. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Oh, worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. God, we just right now, we exalt you. And I just pray right now that we'd be a little more aware that you're here. I just pray every heart stilled. We just pray right now, God, every distraction in this room to be stilled. And the question I have to every heart and every person in this room is, is the seed of Christ in you? Do you have the witness of God in your life? that he's alive in you. Every eye closed. And can we just, let's sing that out one more time. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus, you deserve the praise. Worthy. Yeah, come on, one more time. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Just right now, if wherever you are, I just want to invite you if you do not have that witness of the spirit of god alive in you i don't care if you've been in church for 97 years who cares is your spirit alive do you have the witness of god in your heart do you who cares if you can fool everyone someday it's all going to be apparent if that's you and you're like man i want the witness of god on my life can you just raise your hands Just sing it out one more time. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. God, we just right now, we come to you. And let's just pray this all together. Jesus. One more time. Jesus. Jesus. 
I acknowledge that you died. You were buried. And then you came back to life. And you made a way for me that I could come to life. I believe that you are God. That you died and rose again. Jesus, be the leader of my life. Let's say that again. Jesus, be the leader of my life. God's voice is super simple. And he plants himself in his heart and our hearts. And then comes that still small voice that says, do you want me to lead and direct you? Spirit of God, I just pray right now that you would baptize us again in the fresh, in your spirit, in your heart. I pray every person here to know again, and maybe for the first time, you're not just the God of an idea, you're a God that's real. But to know you is to let you lead us. When Jesus was resurrected, he said this. There was a couple of disciples, and they said that did not our hearts burn within us when he met us on the way? Your heart might be burning right now, but that doesn't mean it's changed. What needs to happen is a space, not just my heart burning, but my heart saying, okay, God, I'm in. He wants the whole enchilada, guys. He wants all of you. He wants you to let him lead you. He's not going to take you being religious or doing good things. He says, let me lead you. Let me guide you. And here's what you need to do. One, you need to know what he says in his word. Two, you need to be surrounded by other people that want to know him. Three, you need to hear his voice for you. And that only happens as you say, Yes. Do you want him to lead you? It's not always comfortable. Might have to sell your car. You might have to shift some things that are really important to you and say, okay, God, I give you my life. Do this for me. Can you just put a hand on the person next to you? Spirit of God, would you take each heart in this room? And would you make your spirit so alive to them? I pray that their hearts would burn, that there's more than just their way. There's more than just our glory. There's your glory. God, I pray that urgency that the time is short. You don't get tomorrow. You only get today. You might be laid in the ground tomorrow. What's it going to be? Spirit of God, I pray your conviction on every heart, that burning in every heart. But I pray today would be the day that each one of us crosses the line and says, okay, it's not my day anymore. It's not my way. I surrender all to you. Holy Spirit, flood us with the reality of you. Baptize each heart in you. 
pray in Jesus' name. Is your heart burning? That means it's time for a change. Where's Jason? Jason Kelly, where are you? My good friend Jason Kelly's here, and I want to, uh, nobody looking around, I just, nobody, well, look around, yeah, but nobody moving around. I want to invite you, you say, if you are like, man, I made that commitment today that I don't want to just stay dead in my spirit, but I want to come alive, I'm going to ask you to come forward and talk to Jason. And he just is basically, we're going to connect, and we're going to find new next steps for you. Guys, this isn't a religious thing we do. This is a shift of who is leading your life. What's it going to be? Can we put our benediction up on the screen? I'm going to pray this together, and then I'll dismiss you. Let's read this together. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen? Amen. Bless you.